Welcome back to another episode of the In My Own Words podcast. I'm your host, Tony R. Sanders. Special guest with us today, we have Rashard Barksdale here. Yes, yes appreciate you. <laughs> so, have, uh, so glad to have you here, man. I know we talked about doing this interview for a while. Uh, for those of you guys who don't know, Rashard Barksdale um, was drafted in 2007, Seven, yep. right? Uh, 201st pick in the draft to the Philadelphia Seven. Eagles. Yep, six rounds. Six rounds. Yeah, so we want to talk about Rashad's journey to the NFL, the work that it took, what that experience was like, and some of the things that he's doing today. The first thing I have to ask you is um, getting drafted to the Eagles. Like, was that, uh, I know you grew up in New York, mm-hmm. but yeah. were you an Eagles fan as a kid? No, I was actually, as a kid, uh, and still to this day, I'm, unfortunately, I'm a Dallas Cowboy a fan. Cowboys fan. <laughs> Cowboy fan. We're so, going to come uh, back to that later. <laughs> but no, it was. Uh, you know, everyone, you know, when I tell people I'm a Cowboy fan, like, how'd you get drafted by the Eagles? I'm like, yeah. it's not like I planned to get drafted <laughs> by the Eagles. Right. I mean, it doesn't matter who yeah. drafts you. So, but, yeah, diehard Cowboy fan. Diehard Cowboys fan. What did that mean to you to to um, get that phone call that you were drafted into mm-hmm. the NFL? I mean, that's a, that's a big moment. That's stuff that kids dream about every day. Like, my son, he always talks about yeah. going to the NFL. I think every kid at some point playing football, even when I was playing. And football wasn't even my sport. But after a while, you get good at it, and you just yeah. see that dream. You know, I remember seeing uh, Mike Vick get drafted with the suit on, and <coughs> yeah. everybody has that dream. So what do you? What did that mean to you to actually see that dream come true? It was kind of surreal, honestly. Um, I didn't have any – it wasn't planned whatsoever. Uh, yeah. But just, you know, back when I got drafted, it was – the draft kind of – Thing was a little different in regards to, uh, you know, now they got, you know, round one or one day. It right. was back then it was one, two, three, and four, I think, in one day. And the next day was five, six, and seven. Okay. So we watched the whole draft. Like I was at my mom's house and we had about, you know, some family members over there. Yeah. And then when the sixth round came around, I got a text message from my uh, my agent. He was like, "You may be eating some Philly cheesesteaks." I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> so, you know, Eagles." Yeah. All right, because they came and scouted me to school and everything. Okay. Got a phone call, and I believe it was the the defensive back coach, uh, head coach, the defensive back uh, called, and then hung it up, and then everyone went crazy, and I was just kind of like, as you know, I'm just kind of <laughs> mellow minded, just right. chill, and it, it didn't really hit me until like. Maybe two or three months later, that, really? that like I received a call. Everyone was like going crazy. Yeah, you know, I got people showing up to the house I ain't seen in like months. <laughs> Want to take pictures? It was crazy. It was it's honestly everything that you you know that you see on the outside. Like when you just yeah. see people just start coming out of the woodwork. Like, yeah. who are you? You that like it's new cousins. Yeah, I had <laughs> had a couple cousins tell me, hey, you know, I need help trying to get into the school. Never heard of them, but right. Yeah, right. I am just a, a kid from a small town, so I couldn't yeah. imagine what the other guys go through getting drafted in the first round. So take me back to that being that kid from a small town. What was your um, your your upbringing as far as sports? What was your favorite sport? Your first yeah. love as a kid? Football. I would probably say fo- football, football most was. definitely was my favorite sport growing up as a kid. Um, you know, we you know small town always out in the you know. On the side roads, playing you know two hand touch, sometimes tackle football on right. concrete. <laughs> yeah, um, we always play play football during lunch period at, during school. So right. football was always in me. You know, f- football in my hometown is pretty big as well. So we had a guy actually, uh, his name was Leroy Collins. He okay. played professional football before me, 
um, just kind of little stint. Okay. He was like my role model. Like he was. Gotcha. He was that that guy. Like he went to um, junior college. I forgot he went to junior college. Then he went to Louisville, and then ended up playing in the NFL for. And he's just from like, your hometown. Yeah, he's from my okay. hometown. So, you know, he was like the kid that I was chasing after on Friday night games, trying to get gotcha. an autograph and stuff. So, um, like I said football was definitely my. My favorite sport growing up. How important was it to have that example, like from your hometown? You grew up in Hudson, New York. Hudson, New York. Okay. Yeah. How how important was it to have someone from Hudson that you could see that went even a non traditional yeah. path and still made it to the league? It was big because I just I remember just sitting in my room Saturdays, just you know trying to find his game on TV, like yeah. just having that one person to look up to that actually somewhat new. I knew his cousin. Him, him, his cousin and I. We played on the same high school team. Okay. And um, even we were him and I still broke records, but us combined didn't even break his own individual record. Really? That's how <laughs> good he was. But, That's um, crazy. Just having someone you know in flesh that you know that you could talk to, yeah. That you did talk to as a young kid growing up, um, and to this day, like when him and I talk, he said, "When I saw you play Pop Warner football, I said." To myself, that kid's gonna make it. Really? That's what he told me. Yeah, so. That's crazy. And now it's kind of come full circle because now you're that for your yeah. community. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, you know, being drafted, you know, it's a privilege, but it also comes with responsibility too. So not only just trying to create myself as a role model, you know, when I was playing, but what I do off the field too. Right. So. That uh, I could tell just from seeing some of the work that you've done. Uh, or even working right alongside of you and just how you carry yourself every day, that there are some strong, uh, deep principles or morals that was instilled in you in an early age. Did that come from, you know, your dad being a state mm-hmm. trooper? Was he the disciplinarian in the house or was your mom more yeah. the disciplinarian? Like, talk about your family life yeah. growing up. It's a, it a little bit of both. Um, my dad, obviously, being a state trooper, he, he he's got... He was the parent that was very structured. Like, you know, even if I was getting triple, we would sit down and have a conversation for maybe two hours. It's just like, really? it's just like, <laughs> man, like he was the one that would talk to you. Um, my mother, that's she when would you say two-hour conversations yeah. when you said, "Dad, just just beat me. I don't even <laughs> want to. Just he actually, just hit me, man. He just actually, me. He, my dad, you know, he he whooped me one time my whole life, and I really? remember like it was yesterday. And it was like, I don't even remember what I did. And the other time I got in trouble, it was go to your room for the day and write a thousand times, I will not do this. Like, right. my mother, on the other hand, she was the, you know, yeah. the one I was going to give me the woman. Right. <laughs> um, so, you know, the things that my dad, that I took away from my dad, and he still tells me, you know, look at the bigger picture, no matter what you do. Like, you know, and then be consistent. As long as you're consistent at what you're doing, like, if you're consistently good it's hard for anyone to take anything away from you right um my mother was more so like you know don't let them punk you like you know right. that, you know um stand up for yourself yeah not that my dad didn't do that but they did it differently different ways yeah. so did they both grow up in hudson um my mother grew up in catskill new york okay and then my father in hudson which are catskill and hudson are like 15 minutes apart. Okay, it's just so not a too bridge far. just really just separating from them. So. Got you. But you definitely had the balance of, um, you know, someone talking to you, sitting yeah. you down for two hours. And then also, for from my opinion, and this may be controversial, mm-hmm. but sometimes with boys, like, they only respond to a certain level of, like, t- toughness or aggressiveness yeah. to say, 
like shake you and say, hey, this is what I need you to do or this mm -hmm. is what I need you to get. And uh, normally that, you know, could come from the father or the mother. But yeah. me, much like you, my mother was the one that like she was the one I didn't want the school to call the most <laughs> if yeah. I got in trouble. Like, yeah, call my dad. Call my dad because my dad yeah. would talk to me or whatever, you know, exactly. kind of explain it. But my mom was like. Yeah. Boy, you did what? <laughs> That's exactly how my parents were. Just my dad would be like, son, you know, think about the decision made. We'll keep them better. You know, yeah. what, you know, you, you're grounded for X amount of days or a week. But, you know, he just, he had a different type, he instilled a different type of fear in you without physically, right. <laughs> you right. know, putting hands on you. Yeah. Were you the oldest? oldest yeah, I was the oldest. Okay. Yeah, I was the oldest. So my parents, um, they, they split. They were never married when I was about... I want to say eight or ten. So okay. it was just myself and my younger brother, um, Talib. Yeah. And I ran out, and my dad has two other kids and okay. another marriage. So so they split when you were a child? How yeah. How I, was, young? I, like, I had to be in like elementary school. Okay. So Young enough to, to remember. To remember it. it. Yeah. But not, remember, probably yeah. not fully grasped. Yeah. What type of impact did, you, did that have on you? Because I, I was, um, this, is, this is weird, but I was talking to my little brother, I think, and he was saying something about how all of his his favorite athletes have some form of like tragedy in their lives when they're younger mm -hmm. that fuels them and their work ethic. And I don't know if I fully buy into that, but it does seem to come up a lot. Like yeah. you know that the the parent splitting, or um, in his case, unfortunately, a parent passing, or some type of thing to say inside of you. Like I, I want to. To prove myself, or yeah. I want to work hard, or I want to just throw myself into something. Did that play any any part of your success? Do you think? No, nah, I don't think I didn't look into any of that. Um, if anything, it, it probably impacted me more, you know, mentally in regards yeah. to, you know, just having other friends staying at their house and seeing them having their parents around and right. you know, going spending a week with my mom and then every other weekend spending a weekend with my dad. So. That was probably it impacted me more. So it didn't feel anything, but it was just kind of like, man, this is this is tough. I mean, yeah, seeing my just meeting up somewhere and like getting out my mom's car and getting <laughs> on my dad's yeah. car, it was it was tough um, yeah. for sure. But learned from it, you know. In regards to you know being married now and having kids, like it's not that's not anything I want my kids to go through. Right. Yeah, that could be a a, a tough experience for a kid yeah. to try to wrap your mind around. The rules at dad's house versus the yeah. rules at mom's house is like two different cultures, yeah. you know, two different atmospheres. And so like, oh, at my mom's house, she's cool to be doing that. But yeah. at dad's house, I better not do that. I, so remember, I remember just even having pets. Like it was a dog can come with me to my, my dad's <laughs> house. And then my mom was like, no, you got to take the dog. And then like, yeah. they arguing over it. What the dog coming to the house or yeah. even a hamster. I remember I had to bring a hamster. With me, with my dad, we used to go to the uh, jazz festival every summer. Okay. My mom wouldn't even wash the hamster. So I had to bring the hamster up to us during the summer. They ended up yeah. dying because I kept them. I didn't know they, they were in the car. <laughs> I come back, they were dead. So like, little things Peter, like that. Peter, if you're watching, I'm not, that's not funny. Yeah. <laughs> it is funny. I'm not going to lie. It's kind of funny. So, yeah. So, so um, which one of your parents uh, played sports? Where do you think you got your athletic ability from? You know what? I, to this day, I don't know. They argue about it. Like my mom <laughs> say I got it from her, and then my dad says I got it from him. What sports but did your dad play? My dad played baseball. My okay. mom played basketball. Um, yeah. The football player in my my family was my uncle. Okay. My uncle, my uncle Tony. Um, 
they to this day they say he was one of the like not a dirty player, but yeah. he was like that guy. So Uncle Tony's the best. Yeah. <laughs> but my mom says that I got it from her, but after watching the video, I'm not sure if you saw her playing my son in basketball yesterday. No, she shot a couple of air balls. So yeah. I'll say this to your mom. I'll look right in the camera and say, Your son can't hoop. Yeah, I so can't hoop. <laughs> so many people tell me that I can't hoop. So it's funny you say that because we're sitting at home, my son. My son ate. He, he beat me a horse yesterday. First really? time ever. <laughs> By the luckiest shot. He was standing behind the basket. Yeah. Shot it up. The ball rolled on the backboard oh and it went in. He's going to move it forever. <laughs> but um, we play a horse in my house and we shoot. And uh, Blair, my wife, she gets so upset when I make shots. She's like, he ain't even good. <laughs> like, because we got like one of the little baskets, and I'll shoot from far, and I'll make yeah. it, and shit is so mad. I'm like, why are you, why are you so mad? <laughs> so you played football first as a kid, uh, um, and then what was next? Was it baseball or basketball? It was uh, baseball. 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 Yeah. I, as a matter of fact, I started baseball first because you oh, know did you? Okay. you could start baseball at a younger, younger age and football. Absolutely. Yeah, you so. can do t-ball and all yeah. that kind of stuff. So you start playing baseball. And um, who were some of the people that you looked to in baseball? I know I played baseball, and um, I loved. Uh, it's funny. I loved Pete Rose because uh, I was a pitcher, and I played for the Giants my first time out. And then I, you know, someone mentioned Pete Rose because I think I was wearing number fourteen or uh-huh. something. I'm like, I don't know who that is, and started doing research. But my my go to guy was. King Griffey. Yeah. I, I wanted to be King Griffey so bad. I got the, I remember my parents bought me the King Griffey shoes and like, I thought, you couldn't tell me nothing. I, I got those and the Gary Payton zips and you couldn't tell yeah. me nothing. Who were some of those people in baseball where you looked at and like, man, that's the guy. Yeah. King Griffey was definitely one of them. Uh, me being a righty, even I would try to hit lefty and have the little, you know, <laughs> yep. little shake like him. But uh, King Griffey, um, Torrey Hunter, the older I got, older I got, it was okay. Torrey Hunter. Because you play center field, um, yeah, couldn't go along with Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds. I yeah. played outfield. It's kind of like this is a, the thing with sports. Like outfielders want to be infielders. You know, like mm-hmm. point guards or centers want to be point guards. Yeah. and then you know, football, a DB or whatever, they want to be the the quarterback. Yeah, football player want to be a rapper. They always want to be something right. different, right? Wide receivers <laughs> want to be a rapper. Yeah, AB, so, <laughs> but um. And then I played outfield in baseball. My favorite infielder was uh, Pokey Reese. I don't know if you remember that. Okay. And then he played for, uh, I want to say Cincinnati. I think the only reason I liked him because the way he wore his hat. He wore it like forward <laughs> and tilted to the side. So, yeah. But uh, those are my, my go-to players that I, I looked after. Tell me how you develop your work ethic because obviously to make it to the NFL, you have to have a tremendous level of work ethic. Mm-hmm. Even to make it to college sports, you know, you have to have a great level of work ethic. Um, and then now, like the stuff that you do now with CrossFit and all these things, um, how was that developed in you as a kid? Was that something that you were just born with or over time, you know, with working with your mom and your dad or coaches? <coughs> how did you develop that, that work ethic that you had? I would say um, I, was, I was gifted with natural athletic ability. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say the coaches, for sure, um, being that you know, that top player, Yeah. you know, having a coach to push you, like, because, I mean, I didn't like running. Right. I didn't really like working out. But, you know, running sprints, you know, come on, Barcel, you're the fastest one on the team. Why do you last? Like, or, yeah. you know, you should be in the front. I would always have to be in the front. If a, 
according to the coaches. Right. Always had to be in the front. So that would start. That started mainly in high school, um, baseball and football. Um, went to college, played baseball. Same thing. Like I was the fastest guy on the team. So when you're the fastest guy on the team, supposedly you got to be first in everything. Right. It doesn't matter. You can be running <laughs> two miles. Like right. They still why, want you to be yeah, first. Yeah, they want you to be first. So um, the my work ethic really didn't come into play like by myself. I would say junior year in college like when I started going and doing like open open workouts for baseball um yeah and I started to you know you know having conversations with my dad like you know I had to want it for myself I couldn't do it for them right and then it came with sacrifices came with a lot of sacrifices yeah uh sacrifices like what like free time free time for sure yeah Uh, free time for sure um you know I remember in college baseball I would uh Go out, go outside Friday night and like eight o'clock at night and go to a baseball field and just hit off the tee like by myself. Like mm. it was just a little bit of light, but yeah. you know, I would go out there and you know, even during the day too, just hit hit by myself. Sharpening the tools. Yeah. Um, and then football, obviously, then when that came around, um, my biggest mindset was, and I tell kids to this day when they ask me, you know, how'd you make it to the NFL? I, t- I keep it simple. It's just, um, I had the mindset and I had to, the will, like, I had to, um, so I'm thinking of the word, I tell them is, I can't even think of the word, I'll think of it here in a second, though. Perseverance? Not perseverance, it was, it's so simple, I can't even remember it. It's a, <laughs> it's a shame. One thing I want to go back to what you said when it comes to coaching, right? That's a big, over often overlooked part of an athlete's success. I think about, especially the gifted athlete, yeah. right? I think about what you just said. Um, a lot of people in my family, myself included, are just naturally athletic. Mm-hmm. Like wake up, jump out of the gym, run faster than anybody. Like our our uncles, super athletically gifted, right? But when you're athletically gifted, sometimes on the field or on the court, things come easy for you. Yeah. Right? You can outrun everybody and you just woke up that way. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can go around or jump over somebody, dunk on somebody, and you just woke up that way. It takes a coach or an adult consistently in your life to keep pushing you past that. Yeah. I think about playing uh, football. I had no interest in playing football. I went uh, in seventh grade. I had a, I had a basketball coach named uh, Gino Riley. He actually played tight end for the Colts. Okay. And um, he was coaching basketball. I was uh, with his son, Kyle Riley. And he told me, hey, in order to stay in shape for basketball, because at that time we weren't really playing all year round, uh, you should play another sport. Mm-hmm. So I picked up football because naturally you play football in the backyard. I show up late to football practice the first day. Uh, there's a coach there, and he says, hey, what's up? I said, hey, I'm here to play football. You know, I've never played before, just signing up. I said, what position do you want to play? Because he was a tight end. I said, I'll oh, play okay. tight end, like my coach, right? No, no Nobody said they want to go play tight end. <laughs> that was me. That's a, that was the only thing I could think of. I was like, yeah, my coach Riley plays tight end, so I'm going to play tight end. He looked at me. He's like, no, you're going to play quarterback. <laughs> what? He's like, yeah, we got all the players in here. We don't have a quarterback yet, so you're the quarterback. Put me in at quarterback. Long story less long, I ended up excelling at it, mm. but never working hard on the craft because it came natural to me. Like you, you just threw me out there. Seventh grade, eighth grade, we won every game. Ninth grade, we won every game. Went to varsity. It just went out there, but I never had the work ethic, and no one ever pushed me to that. Yeah. You know, and I didn't have it enough for myself 
but I didn't have a coach that was driving me to that. I didn't lift weights until my senior year of high school. Oh wow! Because they, we would they would let me off the hook. Yeah. You know, we would go to a workout, we'd go to to like the gym miles. or whatever. Right, Move, yeah. and they were like, "Oh, Tony, you come over here, and we, you know, do quarterback drills where everybody's off is lifting weights." So I never really got that work ethic, but um, with you having those coaches to drive you yeah. and to make sure you don't let the players off the hook, and so that's something that coaches could walk away with. I think about my brother being a coach, and some of the people that he uh, works with don't let your players off the hook, especially oh, yeah. the more talented ones. Mm-hmm. They need to work. Think about it, if you're naturally talented, you can sharpen your skills oh, even absolutely. more. It's going to just take you that much absolutely. further. And I also think, um, not every kid, but just kids these days are too sensitive when it comes to sports. Yeah. It comes to sports. Like, you know, me coaching, I've coached before. Um, you know, I've coached great athletes. I've coached so-so athletes. Right. Um, and it all comes to mindset, like, you know, being coached and pushed, some athletes will take that and embrace it with other coaches, other kids who be like, you know, whoa, why he's being too hard on me. Right. He's being too hard on me. Right. right. And they want to quit. I'm like, no, nah, it's just like, it's just like anything. If, you know, the moment I stop trying to coach you is when you should be worried. Yeah. Um, coaches push you for a reason because they see the potential in you. So. Yeah. And I think, too, what probably helped you, and correct me if I'm wrong, having that discipline at home mm-hmm. from mom and dad although in different ways but still having that that discipline at home it wasn't too foreign to you when you got pushed yeah. in the gym you know I had one basketball coach Carl Nix who uh played for the Utah Jazz and uh, went to Indiana State with Larry Bird played with those guys he pushed me in basketball and he wasn't afraid of it seventh eighth grade he pushed me <laughs> That was the first time an adult ever cussed at me. He said it, and I was like, whoa. Uh, but he, he had no issue pushing uh-huh. me, but I, I love him for it. I thank him for it now because that fueled me oh, you yeah. know, to work harder. And so I think that when we talk about some of the kids today and um, why they're maybe adverse to some of the harder coaching or the discipline, it's probably the only time they hear it or receive oh, yeah. it. Is when they're at the gym. This yeah. guy that I just met this year, you know, is talking all crazy and blah, 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 blah. Uh, and a lot of them want the, the glitz and the glamour oh, yeah. of making it to the league yep. or to the NBA or MLB or whatever. But they, they don't want to put that work in and they don't want anybody to push them to get that work. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, no, you're right. Um, you know, my parents, I think they played a, a, a big role for sure. Um, I mean, one of the biggest things, even to this day, like when I play sports or do anything, um I, I I hate losing. Yeah, I hate losing, but I can accept it too. I think yeah. a lot of kids these days they don't know how to lose. Yeah, um, you're gonna lose. You're not gonna you're not gonna win every time. And it's what are you gonna do? You know, when you lose, are you gonna sulk about it? Or are you right. going you have to have a bad attitude? Are you gonna go right back at it and say, you know, it's not gonna happen? Like my mindset is, if you beat me at an individual sport or whatever it is, all right, you beat me. I'm gonna learn from it. You're not. If you beat me again, it's not gonna be. Like it was the last time. Yeah, at least it won't be it's as bad. Fight. And then if you beat me again, I guarantee you, like, now nah, you're not going to beat me, you know, a third time. Yeah, I'm going to keep closing yeah. the gap. So that's what I think a lot of issues with these kids are is, you know, once they lose, it's just like, you know, one, not all, they, they, don't, they blame other people. They blame yeah. others yeah. instead of blaming themselves. So it's, I, I just wish a lot of these kids' mindset, man, was just different. Tell me this, and this is my theory, and I try to explain this to my son. You get better, because I hate to lose, too. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care what it is. You know me. Like, yeah. I'm competitive. I don't care what it is. Make up the game, and I want to beat you, yeah. right? 
but you learn more. And for me, push myself harder after a loss than I do after a win. Absolutely. Because after a win, it's easy to to lower yourself into thinking that everything went right because the result was right. Yeah. So I could just sit back and relax and, you know, not work as hard as opposed to you just got punched in the mouth. Oh, yeah. Now you got to dig in and really use that as fuel and energy to get better because you feel the pain of that loss. And when I, I try to tell my son... He doesn't think he's supposed to lose. Video game, <laughs> nothing. You know, son, yep. he'll he'll raise somebody and he lose and he come up with all these excuses. I'm like, dude, don't make excuses. Yeah, give this is a great opportunity for you to get better. Yeah, like get better, work harder, go after it more. Don't pout and sulk. You know, yeah. use that as fuel. So take your losses and use them as the fuel to get better. Oh, it's yeah. it's almost. I don't want to say it's better to lose, but. You work harder yeah, you after learn a loss. Them, yeah. You learn you more from a from a loss than you do yeah, from a win. I, I agree with that hundred percent. One of the the biggest, you know, talk about humble pie. Um, you mentioned it earlier. Um, CrossFit is probably yeah. one of the biggest humble pies I've ever had in my life. Um, I've done several competitions where I have I've never won. I'm yeah. not coming like fourth or fifth. Yeah. Um, we did one about a month and a half ago with a friend and I, and there was thirteen teams. We came in eleventh. That's the worst of, and like, it was some great competition. Yeah. Some, some guys from my gym they came in like fourth. So like after that, and you know I wasn't in the best shape as I should have been going into it. Right. Not saying that played a role, but I sat back. I was like, man, like, I I got some work to do. Like yeah. I've only been doing this for two years. But a lot of people have been doing it for you know maybe five six years. Right. But still, just like that thought in my head was like, man, like I got my ass. Right, eat today, like, yeah. and, and I worked hard too. And you didn't I was pout like, and pack it up. Yeah, like, I was just, I gotta do yeah. Better. I sat there for a little bit. and I was like, I mean, that like, that really just built, you know, put in my head that although like other competitions are coming fourth and fifth, I'm like, all right, I, I felt good about today. You know, you know, we could have done a little better, but yeah. that one was like, no, you really got some work to do. Like, right. you're not where you you thought you were. Type, yeah. of, type of thing. That so. CrossFit workout regimen is crazy. Uh, it's, it's nasty. <laughs> so in in, uh, in high school, how many sports did you play? I played three sports. You played, played three sports. Yeah. So you played football, yeah. basketball, and, and baseball? And baseball, yeah. And then transitioning to college, how many sports did you play? Uh, I played two, but I played baseball primarily the majority of my college career. What made you make that decision? Was it success through... Um, your experience in high school, were you more successful in baseball and that's why you chose that? Or did you feel like that was the sport that you loved the most? What made you narrow it down to yeah. just baseball initially? Well, football, I was much better uh, player at football, for sure. 100% okay. better. Uh, I don't say 100% better, but I was pretty good at baseball, too. Yeah. But coming from a small town, um, upstate New York, football is not very, well, not too known, like, well. So right. I didn't really get too much, you know, interest from schools. I think the biggest school I might have got was like Maryland. Okay. I got one from Brown. I yeah. knew I wasn't getting into no Brown because <laughs> I went to junior college. <laughs> um, so, uh, and then I was supposed to get drafted out of high school for baseball. Okay. So that was sparked that. my baseball. Yeah. Like, that so, would make me want to yeah. play baseball so, too. And Not to I mention went, the contracts. The yeah. Guaranteed money. And then I went to. So that didn't happen. So then I went to junior college for baseball uh, my sophomore year supposed to get drafted again they told me I was still a little too raw on the edges okay. I needed to develop a little bit more so go to college you know transfer yeah to another school uh transfer to university at Albany and it's funny okay. how I got into there because I wasn't supposed to go there but then um I had to have a 
an interview, like a meeting with the principal, not the principal, the president of the school. Really? Because like my grades were like on the edge. So yeah. I had to kind of like, to, the baseball coach set that up and I got in, you know, luckily got right. in. And junior year, I did really good. I remember my first at bat, it might have been the first pitch was playing Temple. I had a home run, you know. Really? And then senior year, I just, you know, started off good, started off rough, then started, you know, made my way back. And my college coach just changed up everything. And with baseball, you can't change up stands right. and hands and all that yeah. stuff. And I just had, I was getting scouted by the Reds pretty good. And I just had a bad, I mean, a bad senior year. Yeah. And it was, and, that, and we talked about coaches. To this day, I still thank him. Like, um, I lost my starting spot to so a freshman. You know, really? freshman my senior year for like a good, you know, 15, 15 <laughs> games. Yeah. And, and my mindset was, you know, and I tell kids today, like, you know, I see kids get upset because they're not playing. I'm like, you got to have that mindset, like, you know, forget you, coach. And I said something different, you know, yeah, in my mind, right. you know, <laughs> you know I'm, I'm going to win this back. I'm going to give you a reason not to not play me. Right. So um, make it make yeah, them have no choice. Exactly. You have to put me out there. I mean, I remember to this day, there was an instance where we were uh, having batting, batting practice inside and he thought he was funny, having a little fun, you know. He would throw the ball at us, he'd hit it, you know, yeah. whatever. And I would just, he would throw it, and I would just, just sit there, like, wouldn't even flinch or nothing. And he, yeah. like, and he called me Reg, you know, from, you know, <laughs> Reggie, Reggie, why is you smiling? I'm like, it's not funny, coach just pitched the ball. Like, I was all serious. And, yeah. like, and after season, he was like, he told me, he was like, he noticed, like, my mindset and then how things changed yeah. because it wasn't funny to me anymore that I got right. my spots taken. Like, <laughs> right. So I had to change everything. I mean, like, in regards to, you know, how I practice, how I approach the game. Because um, yeah. I was doing some crazy things at um, college, obviously baseball, you know, going out the night before a game. Yeah. You know, that's that's pretty common in baseball. Yeah. But um, but that yeah. loss of, of losing your starting position, again, fueled you to do better, to yeah. work harder, to become a better player, and probably even instill some things, principles, like mentalities that you still carry with you to this day after yeah. the game of, I got to work harder now. Like, I got to make sure that I'm on my A game all yeah. the time because this could easily be taken from me. Yep, absolutely. That's absolutely. crazy. So you're playing baseball in college. At what point did you turn back to football? Because yeah. you didn't play football for, you only played football one year yeah. in college, right? One, yeah, yeah, one okay. year. Okay. So, yeah, that, that story is funny because um, after not getting drafted in baseball, uh, I did some independent, like, league tryouts. You know, they told me they liked me, but they didn't have enough room on their roster spot. I was okay. playing summer league baseball with a bunch of friends. And I just, you know, the, you know, I felt the you know air coming out of, like, the balloon. Like, I just didn't love it anymore. Yeah. It was like, it's funny how you could just feel. Like, I never had that feeling about sports. Yeah. This is the first time I was like, I don't want to do this. This is not fun anymore. Right. And I was like, and I had a bunch of friends of mine that I told them, I said, hey, I can play football. I was, I'm better at football than I was baseball. <laughs> uh, you can't play. You ain't, you ain't no good. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I saw my highlight tapes, and they're like, okay, you maybe do something. Like I, told, yeah. I could play on the football team if I wanted to. They're like, no, you couldn't. I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm going to try out. I said, I'm going to try out for the team. <laughs> So it so this took is basically me, a bet. Yeah, it was it was pretty much like it was a bet, but also like someone telling me that I couldn't do something. So that challenge. that that challenge of not wanting to lose and prove yeah. something wrong kind of you know played its part. Right. So you know it took me a couple of days to 
to call the coach. I tell the people it's like calling a girl for the first time. Right. I call. I would call. <laughs> it would ring like two times. I'll hang up. <laughs> so I didn't. I didn't know. I, I didn't know what to say. So right. I finally called. Um, left a voicemail. He called me back. Okay. And I was like, I want to. You know, I want to try out. He yeah. actually recruited me out of high school. Okay. Funny story about that. It kind. It all goes to hand. I don't want to play football in college because. Surprisingly not, I hated being cold. I still hate being cold. So I don't want to practice in the cold anymore. <laughs> right. But then I go play baseball upstate, so it didn't make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> but um, he's like, I want to play running back. And he was like, uh, we got two seniors at running back, so we'll put you at defensive back. Which I played in high school. Uh, I started fourth or fifth on the depth chart really? for, for uh, football. And I had all these people you know, that I knew. For, you know, that played sports, too. Because we had a few football players that also played baseball. Okay. You know, trying to coach me up, you know. And I'm sitting there, and, you know, I know what I'm, I'm like, I know what I'm doing. Right. Maybe, right? But <laughs> I still let them coach me up. Uh, and then eventually I just started working my way up, the, you know, the depth chart. And then just the first game of the year, I started. And then that was pretty much it. <laughs> so so you, you, you're playing summer, summer league baseball. Uh-huh. Um, having a conversation with some guys, you throw it out there, they don't believe you, they, they throw this challenge at you, call the coach, get on the team, you're fourth or fifth on the depth chart, even though in your mind, and based on what you've done, you feel like you should be starting, mm-hmm. but you still started from wherever they put you, and then made it into yeah. what turned out to be an NFL career. Right. How, how much did naysayers play a part? Like I know you had a lot of people that doubted you along the way yeah. or tried to uh, discourage you or, uh-huh. you know, we, we talked earlier before we were uh, recording, we're going to talk about this more too, but your um, foundation now is to, that is uh, titled uh, It's Okay to Dream. Mm-hmm. You know, you had this dream of, um, even if it wasn't the NFL at the time, of like going back and playing football. Yeah. You know, the baseball dream, it kind of died and you're like, man, I could do, I could, I could really go do that. And I'm sure almost instantly, like you said, People started to tear you down, like, no, nah, you can't do that. Come yeah. on, man, you can't. How much did your mindset have to to sharpen or your focus have to sharpen to not let that pull you away from it? Because you could have easily just said, all right, you guys are right. Like, I haven't played in three or four years. Like, let me not, you know, <laughs> let me not yeah. even call the coach and waste anybody's time. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I believe in myself. I think that's one of the biggest things. A lot of these kids these days don't. They believe, but they don't truly believe in their abilities. Um, right. Because, like you said, my my uh, my foundation, they believe in themselves, but they believe more in what other people say about them. Like you can't do this. Mm. So, um, oddly enough, one of my biggest supporters, which is my father, he really didn't really want me to play football. He was like, like I told you earlier, he said, "Look at the bigger picture. Right. You know, you can get hurt. You know, you could." potentially still play baseball yeah so like when i told him he was like on the fence he wasn't really about it right uh, my mom was like oh you know you should do it you know one of my best friends that i played football with in high school darren collins he was like man you can kill it you go out there and kill it you know so that you know definitely played a part for sure definitely played a part um that to this day i would say and even trump's even getting drafted um, yeah that's probably my one of my biggest success stories because mm-hmm. Coming from a small town, being that guy, we talked about it, being, um, you know, naturally gifted and, you know, just pure off talent. Like, you know you're going to play from a small school, you know. You know you're going to, you're the top guy, so you don't have to work as hard as right. other people. Right. So, 
starting fifth, fourth and fifth on a depth chart and then working my way up. Not like instantly either. So it yeah. was like, you know, during the whole training camp. Yeah. So working my way all the way up and then starting and then that was just, it was rewarding because I, I put in the work. Honestly. I bet. I mean, I, and it, it was tough because I was still kind of like an outsider because as yeah, in sports. That's a good point. Because yeah, in, in sports, we're all one, but you know, every team has their own click. So yep. me being a baseball player <laughs> didn't really talk to the football Right, players, and they probably know? over the years built them camaraderie. Yeah. They played together for years. And I knew yeah. they, the football team was terrible. Like, yeah. they were terrible. And I just remember, like, going to games, like, man, these dudes suck, you know? <laughs> you know, so I didn't really want to be associated with them. But right. they, you know, it took me a while for them to kind of bring me in. You know, I, I was the this the uh, rookie Senior, right. so I had to do everything the rookies had to do. I had to That's stand crazy. up on the on the the chair in the dining hall, yeah. in front of all the teams there, um, the volleyball team. Where my wife at the well, my girl, well, she wasn't anything at the time. She was there. Now my wife. Yeah. So I had to do all that embarrassing stuff, man. It was. Gotcha. So. That's so crazy. So did you met your wife in college? Yeah, I met my wife in college in the weight room. Okay. Weight room. First thing she told me after we started dating, she said I was fat. <laughs> I can't. Women will tell it. I came out. I was out of shape, man. I was living at home. I was living at home, man. <laughs> That's hilarious. That was uh, freshman year you guys met? No, so that was my junior year. Okay, so. Because I, I went to junior college for. Oh, yeah, that's and right. I that's transferred. Right, that's right. Yeah. Uh, and how long have you guys been uh, married today? We've been married going on, well, nine years. Nine, nine years. years. Yeah, wow. Nine years, yeah. That's. <laughs> um, so you're going through all this. You work your way up the depth chart. You start the first game of the season. Go out, six interceptions, shut it down. The crowd's <laughs> going wild. Everybody's rooting your name. Probably not, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but how was that first game uh, back out there starting? Like, what did that, it felt did that like, moment feel it like? It felt like it was natural. Like, I didn't, didn't miss a beat. Like, yeah. it was... Actually, I wasn't even a punt returner all training camp, but it was raining real bad, like downpour. Yeah. And uh, we were playing Lehigh, and the, the, our fr- they had a freshman as a returner. He kept dropping everything during pregame. Yeah. Coach comes to me in the locker room and was like, hey, we need you to return punts. Really? I was like, oh, right, <laughs> I mean, I had two big punt returns, maybe one for like 30 and another one for like 40. Really? So it just felt natural. It felt like That's I was crazy. at home. So, and then we actually beat Lehigh, which was um, – a big win. We we end up having some bigger wins throughout the season, but yeah. it just felt it felt natural. So you beat Lehigh. What were some other big victories throughout the season? Uh, some other ones we had. Uh, we played we played Central Connecticut. They're our big rivals. Our biggest to date was Delaware. We've okay. beaten them. We have never played them, but we've never played a school that big. We've beaten them. Um, we've beaten them after the fact, but right. to that date, it was Lee. Um, Delaware, um, they had Joe Flacco. Right. Joe Flacco on the team. Um, and they, we beat them 17 to 10, I believe. Okay. 17 to 10. Okay. Yeah. And then, uh, and that was towards the end of the season, right? Towards like the middle ish. The middle. Yeah, middle. So at what point in the season did you, did it click in your mind that maybe you had the potential to play at the next level? It was pretty much after that game. After, after that the game, Flacco um, game? Uh, I was getting, you know, I was at, two of my teammates were getting um, looked at to NFL okay. teams, so they came in to look at my teammates, and then I popped up on film after that Delaware game, 
Okay. And they started coming in and asking about me. So that's when I was like, you know, maybe maybe I can I can do something with this football. Any any moment or play in particular that made you pop on film? When I picked them off to to win the game. Okay, so, so walk me through this. <laughs> walk me through this situation. So you're you're playing defensive back. You're going against Joe Flacco, of Delaware. Um, at what point in the game was this? This is towards the end of the game. Okay. I already I picked them off once earlier in the game. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool. So you got them earlier, and then towards the end of the game, yeah. they're driving. Take yeah. Forward. So uh, it was a crazy story because they were they were driving. There was maybe like two minutes left. As okay. you know, in football, for some apparent reason, teams can drive a lot better during the, the two-minute two drill. drill <laughs> so they kept running back, scene, back screen, uh, backside screens. Okay. So I had to pursue from the backside. Like, so I was hauling, you know, yeah. hauling butt. So I was tired. Like, I'm, I'm talking about, like, dog tired, like, couldn't breathe tired. Right. Um, they ran maybe about three or four in a row. Really? Um, for some apparent reason, it worked, too. <laughs> so... The last one they ran, um, I ran, ran over. I didn't make the tackle. I was like, I'm tired. I got to come out. Like, yeah. I, I need to come out ASAP because I'm going to hurt my team more than um, I'm helping. Right. But then also, another thing in my mindset, I can't come out. Because A, I'm a senior, and B, I'm a starter. Yeah. And this is a big game. So that would look weak. I can't do that. Right. Next play, they threw the ball my way in the end zone, and I picked it off, and that was the game. There was like really? ten seconds. It was like ten seconds left. So I was this close to taking myself out of the game. That could have that. I could have changed everything. Exactly. So. So that again goes back to your work ethic, right? Like you had all these people pushing you mm-hmm. your whole life, and when it counted the most, because you had that, you were able to push yourself. One yeah. more play. One more down. Let me let me stick it out. Let me make sure that I'm here and available to help my team. Yeah. Dude, that's big. And so that play was the pivotal play that kind of put you on the map, yeah. so to speak, for NFL scouts. Yeah, for sure. Like I said, it was, I wanted to come out so bad, so bad. <laughs> and we've been talking about, like, worth ethic and, you know, kids. Like, I, I'm so, like we talked about earlier, I hate losing. And when it comes to, I don't want to say worth ethic, but I would say I'm more, it's me being hard-headed and I want to lose. And we yeah. just talk about, like, you and I could be, well, you could be sitting in a sauna right now. Right. And I walk in. I can't get out before you. Because you was because <laughs> you was there first. Right. So I that means whether it was whether it was there two minutes, you could have been there thirty seconds. I don't know. But my <laughs> mind is like, this dude this dude was in here before me. So yeah. if I get out, it's I look weak. Yeah. <laughs> so which it could be a bad thing, but just that's just how my, my mind thinks. Like it's always I would say it's not always competing, but I just, I'm, I don't know. It's just, it's how yeah. I'm, I'm wired. It's wired, yeah. yeah. You're, it's it's hardwired into you at this point to just compete, which is yeah. a good, such a great skill to have for life. Yeah. Like, I, I try to figure out with, uh, even with my kids, if they're not going to play sports, yeah. how do I still instill them with that mentality mm-hmm. to compete, to go hard, to go after the things that they want in life? Because it's going to be extremely important for them oh, yeah. in the future, right? Mm-hmm. They're, when they're going for a job or when they're going for a contract with their business or when they're going for a sponsorship for a show that they may produce them one day or something, how are you going to have that, that attitude to just go get it and not stop no matter yeah. what, no matter how hard it gets, no matter how tired you feel, yeah. no matter how bad you want to stop? 
uh, to make sure that they keep going. And so even trying to figure out how people get that without sports, because I got it through sports. You got it through sports. Mm -hmm. How you get it outside of that, I'm still not sure. But so that happens. You get drafted to the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, What was the experience like being in the league? That that jump to going to the NFL was the jump to the NFL from college to the NFL more difficult as far as conditioning, the schedule, the work ethic, the talent, or was it high school yeah. to college? Always a big difference. But before I before I get into that, because I just think it's important, because we've been talking about this whole segment, like the work ethic. Yeah. Um, you know, once I figured out that I could, you know, potentially play in the NFL, like you talked about sacrifices. Um, yeah. Once, you know, I would, I got an agent, and I was flying to Atlanta. I was flying to Atlanta every Wednesday and coming back. Friday or Saturday, while still going to school, and I took really? I took six classes in my last semester to make sure I could graduate because I knew yeah. it would be hard for me to go back. Right. But all the sacrifices I made, like especially during the season, was you know I stopped going out, um, I stopped drinking, even like after the mm. games, um, I, I didn't even stay in my own room. Um, I was staying with Blair at the time. Yeah. Like I just hung out with her. I would go to class. Work out, hang so out with her. you got laser focus. Yeah, like, I wasn't doing nothing. Like, my friends was like, damn, I don't hang out with us no more. He's too cool. <laughs> I'm like, nah, I just know what I got in front of me. Like, yeah. so I had to really focus. Because it's easy to wow. to just get off path. Yeah. Uh, and that, once again, that's my dad to tell me, hey, look at the bigger picture, which was the NFL. I'm glad you brought time. that up because I think that some of the younger kids today, and even some of us adults, we think by making those sacrifices, we're going to miss something mm-hmm. or regret something, right? Like, if we if we don't watch every episode of Game of Thrones, then when, <laughs> when Thanksgiving come around, I'm not going to have anything to talk about. <laughs> or even for me, like, I, I feel like uh, I love sports, but the older I get and the more focused I get on what I want to do, I'm mm-hmm. not watching sports as much. And so um, thinking about, like, going into the holiday season, I'm like, man... I'm not watching the latest games. I'm not going to be a part of the conversation at the dinner table. You know what I mean? But I'm making those sacrifices to go after what I believe I have yeah. in front of me. And so looking back on that time of your life, um, and it seems like an obvious question, but I want the kids to hear this. Do you have any regrets about not going out? Do you have any regrets about the people that you should have hung out with? Or, man, maybe I should have went to that party. Or maybe I should have... Uh, do you have any regrets on cutting all of that out and just getting laser focused? I no regrets whatsoever. It was an easy decision to make. Um, I wasn't gonna miss anything. Isn't I wasn't gonna miss anything that I wasn't already a part of. You know, you know, right. one Friday night is no different than the next Friday night. Right. I mean, you yeah. know, or Saturday or whatnot. Um, your friends, if they're your true friends, they're gonna be there afterwards. Which to this day, <laughs> they still. I'm so are. glad you said that. <laughs> to, the, to this day, they <laughs> they still are. Like, um, yeah. they would joke about me not going out with them anymore and just kind of want to hang out with my girlfriend at the time but they understood I mean, yeah. they understood what it was about so As they no regrets whatsoever man so you get super <laughs> focused you're flying to Atlanta for workouts yeah okay so you get super focused you're doing workouts um, you get the call sixth round um, to to the the, the Eagles mm-hmm. not the Cowboys <laughs> yeah. the Eagles <laughs> but um, that talk about that jump from that college work ethic, what it took, which you were already ahead of the pack, yeah. um, jumping into the NFL. Like, what was that yeah. workout like? It was, it was, uh, I want it was nothing that I wasn't used to, like, in regards to that type of workout. It was just the capacity, like, 
the impact, like how yeah. much faster like you had to really push yourself, you know, going from here's the thing with with high school. High school you got your best athletes are way above your so so athletes. Right. And then you go to college, your best athletes are not that far apart from yeah. your then you get the NFL, your best athlete is really close to your least, <laughs> you know, athletic. Yeah. So everyone Everybody's very, good. Yeah, everyone was close. So um, the only thing that really separates people is obviously just being able to make plays yeah. and just, you know, showing up on film. Yeah. So um, the worth, I think, you know, just from running sprints, the workout, like they make out your workouts and, and, and eating, you know, yeah. having to weigh, weigh a certain amount of weight. Um, they giving you that weight. You have to weigh in each week. That wow. weight, uh, and if you didn't make it, they would you would get fined as well, really? a certain amount of dollars. Yeah, it was, okay. it was, it was definitely a, a bigger leap. Um, speed would would be the for sure one. Like yeah. I said, your, like I said earlier, your your slowest receiver could still be fast. Who's the hardest cover for you in the NFL? Oh, man, I I have to say Sonoris Moss, really? because he was he was short. And he was quick and fast. Like, he was the type of receiver that, you know, if you see this, I've never told him, but if you see this, I'm going to have to tell him, uh, you know, put him on Twitter or something. But uh, when he would come to my side, he was that receiver. I was like, nah, just, damn, I don't know. Like, <laughs> you want to like, see him coming? Yeah. Like, I could, he was this receiver if I pressed him and if I got him, because I, I got long arms, I was okay. Right. But if I missed him, He's it, it's done. And then if you played off, uh, now you give him too much space. Yeah. So it was like, where, where do you, you, it's like that, it was just hard for me to go against him. I'd yeah. rather go up against like a Fitzgerald, like a, a Plastic really? Burris, um, Anquan Bolden, because really? they're bigger, more physical, and I'm I'm tall You're, and physical. Right. They have more surface where, like, like I told you, I would try to press Snorris Moss, and he went under my arms all the time. Like, yeah. I saw, he's a quick. Yeah. And then, other, like, Fitzgerald and, you know, Anquan Bolden, those type of receivers, I'd rather guard them. Right. Any Like, with the game on the line, I'd rather guard them than yeah. Sonora. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. So so then you play for Eagles, you play for the Chiefs. Yep, went to the Chiefs. Um, the Giants? Yeah, went to the Giants, yeah. Uh, who else did you play for? Then I went to training camp with the Jets. Yeah, I Jets, didn't play okay. with them, and then I finished my career with the uh, Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals. Um, put you on the spot. Yep. Your favorite team to play for? Da- <laughs> He's about to say Dallas. You didn't nah, even play for the Cowboys. <laughs> no. Favorite team to play for, uh, oddly enough, it was the Giants. The Giants, New York really? Giants, yeah. Uh, best organization by far I've, I've ever been a part of. Just from top to bottom, coaching, yeah. from coaching Tom Coughlin to all the players. Just it was everyone was well gelled and like we had a good camaraderie. Like, you know. Tom Coughlin treated Eli Manning the same way he were treating it. Like really? no one really got treated differently, and everyone was just cool. It was just yeah. it was just fun, you know. No one was stingy. And when I say like stingy, like equipment managers don't want to give you extra gloves and, <laughs> and things like that. Like I can go in there and say, hey, I need a pair of cleats for my brother. He's playing high school. They just give me a pair of cleats really? and gloves. So the lunch ladies was cool. Everyone was cool. Yeah, and I think that's back when that was. Back when they were really winning, yeah, is the reason why. Just see, we talk about you know atmosphere, like your team bonding, like that. That comes that that plays a factor for sure. Yeah. Um. So that would would that put 
Coughlin as your your favorite NFL coach that you played for? Yeah, I, I've for sure like um, yeah. he him being a military background, my dad being you know a state trooper, they kind of had the same thing like just mm. you know that that hard nose like I think he him being like that just got you want him to play for him like where you had other coaches are kind of like walkovers so yeah you know NFL they're all grown men so yeah you know they don't like being told what to do all the time by another grown man right but <laughs> Coughlin he got everyone to buy in yeah um what's some of your favorite memories from playing in the NFL ah oh, man uh I would say definitely the the friendships friendships for sure friendships yeah. um just meeting the type different type of people from all over the world you know having the same goal but everyone went through a different path uh I would say Giants for sure Giants, just uh, being able to experience that nightlife, yeah, which has nothing to do with NFL, <laughs> but just, but it's just a part yeah, of it though, yeah, but just being out there, uh, just meeting. Man, when I was in New York, I met so many people. Yeah, uh, I met I, I met Rondo my first night out uh, at this bar with Rondo. It was out, um, I think Paul Pierce. Um, Ooh, go Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Cassell, <laughs> um, Vince Carter was out. There was a, I forgot his name. I think his last name was Jones. He was running back for the Jets. Okay. Um, and I met Shaq. I met Ice Cube. Yeah. With uh, Coco. Yeah. I met Ron Artest. Dave My Francis. twin, Not met him. You never met T.O.? Not him. I met T.O. And um, he's cool now. Him and I talk every once in a while. I met him through Twitter, man. Oh, really? Yeah, people give him such a bad rap. I was just trying to, you know, shoot out to him, try to, try to get him to come to my event. Like, I was trying really? for like three years, and then finally he responded and gave me his number, and him and I talked, and I was Really? It, yeah. That's crazy. I thought you met him through playing. <laughs> nah, I just met him through Twitter. That's crazy. So, um, talk about your event and your foundation and the things that you're doing, you know, after football. How, how far into... Uh, your professional football career. I know you played eight years between the NFL and the Arena League. Did you start uh, your foundation? Uh, let's we'll see. We're in 2019. This is the ninth year. Well, no, tenth, tenth year I've been doing it. So, okay. so yeah, pretty towards early. The, yeah, towards almost towards the tail end. Uh, a buddy of mine helped me start it, and I was just talking to him. I was like, I, I need to do something. Being from a small town, I see all these other players do stuff. Yeah. I need to do something. And he's like, we'll start a basketball event. So we started off a three-on-three. And I was like, we need to do something else, too. So let's do, you know, three, uh, a celebrity basketball event. Okay. Um, but just kind of rewind back a little bit how I came up with the name. And I'm not sure if you're going to ask that. but uh, I was. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I was doing an autograph signing back in my hometown one day. And I was just like, I would write down there, dream big. You know, just try to find a phrase. Yeah. And then I just started writing, man, it's okay to dream. And I was like, that that should be that should be my slogan right there. Yeah. Because I'm from, being from a small town, um, being told not what to, you know, what I can't do, um, and even doubting myself for a little bit at the time, I was like, you know, this needs to be what kids, you know, yeah. not only just kids, but just, you know, adults and people in general need to hear. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. And is that what... I know you work with a lot with kids. What do you most want them to walk away with? What type of experience when they interact with your foundation? Like, what do you want them to take away from that? That uh, mainly that they could just, you know, they, they can believe in themselves. I mean, you don't have to have um, 
your mother, your father, aunt, uncle, your friends to believe in you in order to achieve something. Yeah. Um, it, it's all it's ultimately going to come down to to what you believe in you, yourself. Like, right. What do you see in the mirror? And now I remember what I was going to say that went way back up <laughs> was uh, self motivation. Like God, I was you. I was okay. motivated to be to to work out yeah. because I wanted to work out, not because nobody someone, had to tell you. Yeah. So um, I want them to. And as easy as, as it may sound, like, you know, you, you got to believe in you. Like, yeah, it doesn't matter what I believe. It doesn't matter what you believe or anyone else. You have to believe in what you think you're capable of doing. Yeah. And then what you do with that is up to you. You know, like I said, yeah, it's not, it's okay to dream, but you got to do more than just, than just dream. Yeah. You, you want that dream in. to become a reality. You got to put the work on yeah. it. But the first thing is like anything we do in life, like even when you started this, like, you know, you believe that it, you can, yeah. you can start this up. It starts you know? with the dream. Yeah. Thinking of, even back to in your story that you told earlier, like every time you uh, could really see your dream, whether it was baseball, football, or even now the foundation, mm-hmm. or even CrossFit, that's when you bumped it up another level. Yeah. Right? You had that vision of like, man, I could really play Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. I need to dig in deeper and take yeah. it to another level. And then it was, man, I could really go to the National Football League. I need to dig in and take it to another level. And so even just having a dream, yeah. even, you know, to be able to see that vision motivates you beyond yeah. belief. You know, the things that I'm that I'm trying to do here, like I want to uh, have my own TV show, which is, this is kind of it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I, I want to be on TV. I want to be uh, in movies. I want to have a production company. Having that dream and seeing it, like it... It may seem far to oh, others, yeah. but in my in my vision, it's like right there. Yeah. Like I can almost grab it. Mm-hmm. And so to have that means a lot to the amount of work and effort and time that I put yeah. into it to just have that dream. And so uh, I'm glad that you said that. That's that's what I want people to walk away from this from is it's okay to dream. Um, it starts with the dream. The work has to follow mm-hmm. it. And like you said, it doesn't matter if you're mom or dad, you know, are not 100% supportive because sometimes they can't see your dream. If God gave you a vision, that's for you to see. It's not Mm -hmm. for everybody to see. You know, if they had that, if they could believe in it as much as you did, God would have given the vision to them for them to chase it down. Mm -hmm. Um, What's some other things that you do with your your organization? Yeah, so the the biggest thing is the celebrity basketball game Mm -hmm. where, you know, Try to get some retired NFL players, even some current ones, to come and play a basketball game against yeah. some some locals. That's the biggest one. A lot of people from the home t- my hometown come out. Yeah. All the money that is raised from that goes to the scholarship, which is called the Super Hater Dream Scholarship. From it goes to two students from my hometown okay. that uh, are going to college. So you know we help them with their nice. you know tuition or some books or whatever it may be that they may need. Yeah. So. Uh, that's I've the biggest you, thing. I've seen a video of you doing a, a, a toy drive with the kids. Yeah. Bought them pizza, the limo yeah. ride. Yeah, that so we cool. that's, we do that during Christmas. Uh, this year I wasn't able to do that, so we just sponsored one family. Okay. Had some friends of mine back home that, you know, were able to deliver the presents. But yeah. usually, so we usually spend, you know, me being from New York and Blair being from here in Indiana, we rotate Christmases. So next year when gotcha. I go, we'll be able to do that. But yeah, we we just randomly select, you know, Four kids, you know, two boys, two girls, pick them up from school or their house, whatever they may, they may be in a limo. Yeah. We'll go out to the trampoline park, and then we'll go 
we may have pizza delivered there or go to a restaurant. Yeah. And then we'll finish the day where they each get uh, X amount of dollars to go shopping. It's the and I'll tell you what, at the end of the day, man, <laughs> sometimes I'm ready to hey, drop them off, man. Cause, <laughs> because, but it's, it's fun, though, but it's, it's, it's draining for sure. But that's. Yeah. <laughs> I know how I have four kids upstairs. Actually, today, five. Um, how can people donate to your charity if, they, if they're watching this and they want to be uh, a part of what you're doing yeah. in your community? How could they donate? Um, so I have a. Um, uh, website website okay. it's called it's okay to dream dot org but it's it's okay with it. the number two dream dot org okay. I'll put it up yeah so uh, but uh, you can go on there you could send some information you could send like a, a message and I could tell you how to okay to um, how to donate used to have a link on there PayPal yeah. but then they start taking percentages so <laughs> can't have that but they can still hit you up on yeah uh, Instagram Instagram or Facebook, Instagram okay. yeah Instagram name is Barks twenty five yeah. Facebook is just my name. And then if they follow forever. you on Instagram, which I do, they can see some of your CrossFit stuff that you're doing yep, too. You can see that on there. You can see me crazy. when I die and all that <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Every yeah. day, man. That, I, I love the I love to see that the work ethic carried over to yeah. your post professional career. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just a part of your routine. It's almost like you just Yeah. It, it's just in you. It's just a yeah. part of it's you. It's fun it's funny because the, my brother, my younger brother, was just here for the holidays, and we worked out together. And every time him and I work out, I end up like killing him. Like, yeah, he always dying. But uh, I did another workout afterwards, and <laughs> um, he stayed and watched. And it was like what was it one, two, about five sets of, of work. And yeah, after like midway in the first set, I was like, "This is stupid. Like, <laughs> I don't want to do this. Like, right. I'm done. I'm I'm quitting." But then I knew my like, although he's older. Yeah. But he's still my little brother. I was like, I can't. Yeah. I can't just stop. Like, right. But um, I was going to hit it. Got to an example. So. I love that. <laughs> um, you want to do some internet questions? Yeah, yeah. All let's right, see. let's see what internet questions we have. Um, um, what was your training schedule like before the NFL? So, uh, training schedule, like, before the NFL, uh, let's see, like, so I was flying to Atlanta, we were doing that, and we were working out maybe twice a day, uh, in the morning and the afternoon. Mm. On our off days, we would still work out, which was a pool workout, which is probably the hardest workout I've ever done in my life. Really? Um, but then in college, when I, went, when I would fly back, you know, I was just working out, you know, once... I would work out with the team, then we would have, I had another trainer that would come and uh, work myself and my other two teammates that were also um, getting looked at, which both yeah. of them actually, I got drafted, but they got free agent. One went to San Diego and the other one, uh, Jacob Hobbs, he came to Philadelphia with me. So that was okay. nice too to have a college uh, teammate there with me. Um, another question is, uh, did you have a game day routine? <laughs> yeah, game day, game day routine. It carried over from baseball for sure. But uh, being playing baseball, very superstitious. So my game day routine was to, uh, I had a cup of hot chocolate, a cup of hot chocolate. Uh, had about put six packets of sugar in it. Really, six packets <laughs> of sugar and hot chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the reason why I did that is because from playing baseball, I did it once, and then I had a great game that that next day yeah so i just stuck with stuck with it but uh yeah and i put about 
I don't count, but I grab about a handful of straws and put it in. So I'm sipping out of maybe like 10, 12 straws. <laughs> 10 uh, straws. Uh, then when I get out to the field, I run. I do two laps around uh, clockwise and then counterclockwise, and then I stretch. Really? And, yeah, it's just running is the, probably the biggest part. Um, yeah. And I, and I just stay to myself, really. Stay to yeah. myself. Um, music? Nah, music. Music. Um, I would write on my, uh, you know, I have some tape here. I would write, you know, an L and a B on there, which was the, my initials to my, my grandmother's initials. Okay. So, um, Always, I pretty much every game I played for her. What, um, this is actually another, uh, maybe tie into what you said about your grandma. I don't know. What was your why in playing football? Like, what kept you going through those hard times? You know, what, what would you say your why was? That's a good question. That's a really good question. Because yeah. when I, um, I should ask you that early. When I, <laughs> when I train or just, you know, I have people ask me, you know, want me to talk to them. I, I tell them, that's one person that I tell them, like, you got to figure out your why. Yeah. Like, if you don't know why you're doing something, it's, you're going to be pretty much going through the motion. So um, my why, um, one was wanting to be someone out of my town for someone that other people to look up to. Yeah. Um, th- that was probably one of the biggest things. Because you have that growing up, yeah. too. So to yeah. give that back. And, and just being, and I think my hometown made a, came into play with this is, being being able to potentially get there and not get there, I don't want to be that person. Because right. I've seen there's so many people, even kids that I grew up with, you know, tremendous athletes, but they fell off because of grades or something else. They just yeah. got caught up in something else. Right. So I didn't want to get there and then not be able to succeed. And then people were like, oh, he didn't do nothing, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Which to this day, people probably still say, Oh, he only played four years, blah, blah, blah. But right. still, um, my why was, you know, I wanted to prove other people wrong, too. You just uh, segue into another question I have um, with, oh, quote, unquote, only playing four years. Would you consider your career a success? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, I could have played football four years and then not made it. Um, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what, what would happen. It Great. was just, um, but not only just being able to play for four years, but, you know, I wish I could have been able to play more, so I was able to do more outside of football uh, in regards to, like, with my foundation. But um, having the foundation itself and still, you know, you know, have people, it, it's cool. And I, I mean, football is not who, I'm, who I am. It's just what I did. And right. the reason why I say that is the other day, what was what's today, Monday, Saturday, we were at the – my son and I were going to, to Dick's uh, Sporting, Sporting Goods. Goods yep. And sometimes, I don't know, people just say things and say things. Um, but, you know, yeah, are you a reward member, blah, blah, blah. See, I gave him my email address or number. I gave him my number. I don't know what I gave him. But anyway, dude was like, you look familiar. You played football before? <laughs> yeah. I'm like how, how you, like, how do you know me? Right. <laughs> but just like little things like that is, yeah. is cool because like sometimes you try to, get rid of that image of I'm just a football player. Yeah. And then sometimes you got people like that just come and be like, oh, you used to play football. Yeah. So I think that's a lot of people, that's why I think some players have a hard time getting, you know, trans, you know, transferring outside of football life because yeah, they, people still recognize them. And like, yeah. That's you, what work, they know. you may work a regular job and somebody, well, <laughs> yeah. you, man, what, what you doing yeah. there, man? You so now you just feel yeah. good about yourself. And you're like, yeah, I used to play a lot. And then, yeah. yeah. So, 
Um, another one. This is from Aaron Dunn. He said, will you come coach the Cowboys? Well, I come coach. <laughs> As I you know, wish. yesterday the Cowboys were eliminated from yeah, the playoffs. I know, I know. Uh, they won, though. You know, they won. But, but yeah, so was, did the Eagles. Yeah, it was bad. So, um, what do you what do you have to say about your Cowboys, man? Man, Cowboys <laughs> are so you you always got one team at every sport. It's like it's just hard to figure out. Like yeah. Cowboys, I think the Knicks are the best. Like basketball is the Knicks. It's like what's up with the Knicks every year? <laughs> the Cowboys is like you just they're confusing. It's like yeah. you know they they play great. Like they played the Rams, they play outstanding, and then it's like. I don't know, man. It's <laughs> it's just like I I, let, I literally sat there on the couch last night and just watching the game. They won, but then the Eagles won, and then Blair was like, "So you gonna be depressed now?" I'm like, "Nah." I'm like, "It is what it is." I mean, <laughs> are you gonna be depressed now? Um, another question here: um, Did being picked last serve as motivation, or what it fe- what effect did it have on you starting your NFL career? Um, being picked towards the tail end, it didn't really have much of a impact, uh, only for the fact that I only played one year, so that was still, I think that's outstanding, but just thinking about in general, if I was doing anything and someone was to pick me last, I think that would have a, um, an impact on how I, how I would approach the situation. Yeah. You know, anytime you're playing a sport, you know, uh, A, I'm assuming you're competitive and you want to win. So yeah. if you get picked last, that's like someone telling you you're not worth, you know, you're not good enough to play with them. So yeah. uh, it's like, you know, we've always, we've been captains. Everyone's captains. You pick, uh, you got two people. I'll just take it. I'll take <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> so. <laughs> it happened last night. We was hooping. It's like, yeah. y'all not going to pick me. Yeah. <laughs> so. And you're like, yeah, I'm, it's time for me to prove you wrong. Yeah. All right, last one. Um, a lot of players talk about the toll that professional sports take on their body. And there's been players like uh, uh, in basketball, Al Harrington, Stephen Jackson. Um, you look at the Josh Gordons of the world that uh-huh. use these other substances, weed, to uh, help them kind of cope with the physical toll that football takes on your body. Talk a little bit about that physical toll, and do you think that because weed is becoming illegal across the United States, is that something that should be, uh, did I say illegal or illegal? It's coming legal, legal across the yeah. United States. Should that be legal for professional athletes to use yeah. as a form of, of healing to get yeah. back ready for the next game? Um, so the toll, football for sure, took a big toll on my body, um, mainly my knees, my knees for sure, which even it plays an effect. And even when I'm doing CrossFit, I'm like, I'm, yeah. I'm squatting. I think I'm low, but I'm not as low as I really <laughs> want to be. But uh, my knees, for sure, yeah. they've gotten better since doing CrossFit. But um, before I did CrossFit, like, just in the morning, uh, knees were stiff. I would have to walk down the stairs sideways, like, one by one because it was just so painful. It took me a while to get to get loose. Um, I couldn't do that, you know, just hop up off the couch, go play basketball or whatever, and not yeah. stretch. But, um, you know arena football probably played the biggest factor because it's uh, that that type of surface and yeah. hitting that wall yep. on a constant basis. So um, I was lucky to, to get out of, you know, football. Well, the reason why I got out is because I, you know, tore some uh, ligaments in my foot. So I didn't have any major, major injuries or anything like that, you know, yeah. other than high ankle sprain, 
I you know, tore my uh, or I rip uh, not ACL uh, meniscus meniscus. meniscus yeah. So and that wasn't too bad. I went right back maybe about four or five weeks after that. But um, yeah. Uh, other than that, in regards to the weed, um, I can't really speak on that because <laughs> I I don't know how that affects <laughs> your body coming yeah. back. But uh, I know some people who who do have done it who yeah. still do it. Um, they say it helps, but I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm just I'll get an ice bath and feel all right yeah. after that. So. My my take on that is you know it's I don't know whether I'm like you. I don't know whether it helps or not. I'm not a weed smoker, um, but I do know that if you agree to work for any employer and it is not permitted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> while you're under, you know, that agreement, then you just can't do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, and I, there's another sensitivity level to it of, you know, uh, whether these people are addicted or whatever, whatever. And I and I understand that. And you know, Al Harrington's stance is always the doctors that y'all send me to are giving me opioids that are more addicted than we. Yeah. I get it. But at the end of the day, man, if you're gonna agree to play by the rules of the game, you got to play by the rules of yeah. the game. So, um. That's all I got, man. I think we got it. You got anything else you want to say to the people? Nah, I just appreciate you bringing me bringing me on. It was cool. Uh, just like we talked about, man. Just don't forget to uh, most importantly believe in, in yourself. Um, no matter what anyone says or about you or anything that you want to do, it's it all God depends on what you believe in yourself. Hundred so. percent. Well, that's it. Stay in my own words podcast. I will see you guys next week. Make sure you drop a comment in the comment section on YouTube or Facebook. Let me know what other type of interviews you would like to see, uh, who else you want me to have on the show, and we'll get it done. I'll see you guys next week. Peace.